Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties and everywhere and here in downtown Los Angeles. I'm Aminatu So. And I'm Ann Friedman. On tonight's agenda, we have an Olympics update, a quick Ivanka check-in, and uh, this new thing we're trying out called uh, How to Divorce a Billionaire. (laughs) (laughs) We also have some incredible special guests. We have Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I know, and she's here with her bestie, Courtney Kosak, which I love a bestie pair, like this is our optimal situation. So yeah, okay. Okay. That was it. I'm going to take a drink now. We did all like the intro. There's a lot of people here. We can't see you when we do this at home normally, like recorded. So thanks for being patient with us, and thanks for showing up in person. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the news. What's going on in the news? The Olympics. Oh, I've been watching so much Olympics. Favorite sport that I did not know was a sport that I discovered is synchronized swimming duets. Intense. So good. I literally discovered it two minutes ago. The first team I saw was these U.S. women. Like, the swimsuits are out of control, but I just didn't know, like, what the standards were. You know, I'm like, they're not breathing for 15 minutes, but is the technique good? I had no idea. And, like, soon found out. You know, it's like, America, the team, were not very good. But the Russian girls, 10 out of 10. Mm. So good. Which are the ones that did... So there was a... Was it like a vine or a gif of like... It was all of the above. Okay, thank you. Of the two synchronized swimming teammates. it was the U.S. girls. Okay, so I don't know what they were like in the pool, but out of the pool, they were their walk to the pool was admirable, no, and like, we could learn. Yeah, it's a like lot. in formation. It's like yeah. you dance all the way, and then you die. It's intense. So anyway, find some YouTubes. What else are we watching? We're really into Simone, mm. who is so all good. the Simones, all the Simones. Simone, we're really into Swimone, mm. who first black woman to win an individual gold medal for swimming, which is huge. And her teammate. Her teammate, Lionel, too. Like, yeah. I know, you know, and I really want to take a moment and just, you know, like, black excellence at the Olympics is, like... <laughs> right? It's like, we figured out swimming. The entire fencing team is black. I, like, saw on the internet there's a girl who's a speed skater who's black, and I'm like, once we figure out Winter Olympics, it's over. All over. White athleticism. R.I.P. So that's good. Who else did we like at the Olympics? We really like Michelle Carter, the amazing oh, yeah. champion. Such a babe. Ooh, Amina told me that like she is also a makeup artist. 100% makeup artist. That's why she looks so babe every time she goes out. Because she knows what she's doing. She's like, she was the best. The thing that's funny about her is that in 2012, she didn't medal for anything. But all of these people above her have been getting caught for doping scandals. So by the end of the year, she'll probably be a gold medalist. She's like the, the last woman standing, Olympics. yeah. It's the, like, it's the best. There's a great New Yorker profile about her. You should read it. Um, what else is going on okay. in the Olympics? In other heartwarming news, as like an overarching trend, we have been keeping track of women athletes who are awesomely supportive of one another. Yeah. Which, yeah, so there were some runners who won... 
one woman from America and one woman from New Zealand, and they were 3,000 meters deep into a 5,000 meter race. A lot.、Um, a lot of meters. <laughs> and the US runner kind of like clipped the heel of the runner from New Zealand, and they both fell down, and it was horrific. And it was the sort of thing when you watch, I mean, mostly hurdlers falling is the worst, but this was also really bad. And then they stopped to help each other, and then the New Zealand runner realized the American's knee was twisted, and she couldn't really run. And there was like a whole, you go on, you go on. Like, you know, and, and、so、bottom、good. line, they, they both finished. They both made it across the finish line. They、uh, both qualified to run in the final. And when、uh, the runner from New Zealand was interviewed, she was like, this is the thing I'm going to take away from the Olympics. She is my story. Can I say something though? Like,、Please. you know, so you know how, like, sometimes at work or in life, you know, like, other like, people are competitive with you?、Um, those people are dummies. These women actually are in real competition. At your workplace. For three medals. Yeah, like,、no. yeah. it's so literal. Like, at your workplace that you, like, work for for money and, like, do dumb shit, like, that's not competition. It's like, be nice to those people. These ladies are like doing it. Right. So, so we talk a lot about shine theory, theory, which is this idea that you're better off joining forces with another woman who is, you know, maybe others are telling you should be your competitor and like both working hard to be your best. And this is just so literal. I mean, it wasn't just these runners. There were like the US women's swim team is also a、oh, great yeah, example those of this. t h e s are like homies. Oh, the gymnastics、yeah. ladies also. Staying up late to be like, I just wanted to hug you after your medal, like stuff like that. And I know they're technically. On the same team, but that's another example where they are competing for the same number of prizes. And they're also just so vocal about it and so open about it. I love the like athlete social media <laughs> like, positive reinforcement. I know,、loop. it's pretty lit. It's great.、Uh, it's so good.、Um, okay, what else are we tracking? So let me set the stage for you. There were at least like a dozen proposals in the Olympics. Okay, they were like five. I don't know. I saw CBS articles, it was like seven at least. So we're going to go dozen, exaggeration. <laughs> But, you know, because you don't know who is like, you know, like the people、Stealth. who didn't do it on camera, right? I'm just like,、mm, you got proposed to at the Olympic Village McDonald's. Like, nobody's t r a c k i n g By a、that. nobody, not another athlete. No, no one's、that. watching. But、yeah. look at this lady, right? She's like a Chinese diver.、Mm-hmm. She has won a medal, right? Like, big moment in her life. She's on the podium. She's on the podium. <laughs> And then her boyfriend, who has not won a medal, won. No, no medals. <laughs> Decides to steal her moment and propose to her. This is wrong for many reasons. Number one, public proposals are garbage. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. Don't do it. Garbage. One, you implicate innocent bystanders like us. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to feel obligated to awe. Like, I don't know. I don't want to be a part、yeah. of this. Two, can you say no? I, like, I don't know. It's embarrassing, right? You have to do it. And then now, like, when they get divorced, this is the best day of her, like, athletic life is going to be tied into this, like, doofus. Yeah. <laughs> proposing to her. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. She's, like, happy crying, but, like, I know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, let her have her moment. Yeah, don't propose on birthdays. Don't propose on like, other anniversaries. Don't propose at Olympic ceremonies. Don't do it. Ugh, okay, moving on from t h i Okay.、This. I'm so annoyed by this. I know, I know. We have to move on because, yeah. I mean, also, like, great moment for you. I know, aw, love is great, but like, look at the big picture. Yeah, look at the, you know, like, no. Okay.、Um, in other news, this week in menstruation, the Olympics provided us with. I know. I know. 
with a Chinese swimmer who basically was like, yeah, I was really tired and didn't do my best because I was on my period. Like it was, it's, it must be really hard to compete at a top level when, you know, you are bleeding and cramping and feeling terrible. So yeah, here she is saying, I'm feeling pretty weak and tired. This is what happens when you go to your place of work on your period. Yes. This happens. It's like very accurate. You're not... This is, you know, but I love that, like, the reason that she had to answer that is because these, like, asshole announcers are like, why didn't you win today? And I'm like, you, you don't know how to do this? And she's like, well, I was really tired. <laughs> like, if you really want to know, yeah. <laughs> and it's, anyway. been, it's been good. It's also been, uh, we've heard from a lot of men in our lives about how this has been, like, a groundbreaking moment for them. They're like, oh, periods, do you have that also? Like, that Chinese singer? <laughs> yes. Does it also prevent you from doing your best work? Yeah. The answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, like three days in the month. Some of us ten days. You know, like, we know. Which, but, like, this is a problem. I feel like it's a narrative we've only recently been able to fully claim because, like, there was a whole history of sort of being like, our periods won't stop us from doing things, right? Like, and we're advanced enough as a society to be like, they won't stop us from doing things I'm like tired. competing in professional sports, right, or having a good job. But, like, yeah, you don't have your best day. That's real. Okay, that's the Olympics. Okay, so the other update that I think is election relevant is that the Ooh. the backlash against Ivanka is finally starting to heat up, which is like I know, right? Even I'm if we're the happy. only two, I'm happy. Which is very exciting. I felt like for a while maybe the sort of like She's workplace empowerizing yeah. feminism would would like help her skate by, but recently there's been um, you know all of the stuff about the manufacturers of her clothing not getting maternity leave after, you know, she was like, yeah, my employees get it. And uh, what else? What else is happening? She's writing at her, like, the new lean-in, and she's setting herself up to be, like, a feminist powerhouse, but then she's also doubled down on her dad, which is not okay. Oh, yeah, she's like, harassment, no big deal. Um, but really relevant to us, there was an ear cuff incident. Oh, my God. And I feel like, Anne, you, you should explain the ear cuff incident so- to everyone. You were actually really important for my understanding of this because I did not know that the ear cuff was back. <laughs> like, this, this was the, the first time. Back. And I, I feel personally ashamed and can admit it to all of you here that it was Ivanka that had to clue me in on the fact that, like, the ear cuff is truly back. Anyway, so what happened was she ordered an ear cuff from a jewelry manufacturer called Lady Grey. <laughs> Lady we Grey got a fan! fan. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... And, and they did fulfill the order, but they posted this public note on their Instagram that was basically like, cool story, we took all the proceeds and donated to immigration rights groups, Hillary's campaign, gun control, like, thanks for your business. And I just, I don't know, there was something about like this where I was just, I really felt the peak Ivanka backlash, like the woman can't buy an ear cuff now without getting called out. It's great. Okay, I have a question for you since we talked about Ivanka and the backlash. Do you, how do you feel about Melania? It's hard for me to root for Melania. But do you think that she's like in on the sabotage? That's why she, you know, she like plagiarized her own speech because she's trying to get out and she's like talking about Okay, this is a really interesting theory. I mean, everything I, I feel about um, Melania comes from the fictional piece that Chimamanda wrote in the New York Times book review. Look it up. 10 out of 10. Like all real reporting about Melania is kind of not that interesting, but I like the, the fan, the fanfic interpretation is... 
100. And it's basically like, you know, she is like lonely and confused and looking for a way out. So that's a plausible theory. That or they're just an entire family of grifters, like all of them. Stealing. Except for Baron. On the make. Okay. Okay. Um, Moving on. We're going to talk about another probably evil, like we don't know yet. I mean, we know. She's probably evil. She's also mixed up with Ivanka's dad. Uh, Her name is Wendy Dang. Wow, so many Wendy fans. Deep Wendy fan. So we've been thinking about starting a segment on Call Your Girlfriend called uh, "What? Uh, What's Wendy Up To? WWT. <laughs> the other like working title for this, if it was a reality TV show, would just be called How to Divorce a Billionaire. So here's Wendy's story. Before she was this like fabulous billionaire wife, she married this man, evil... <laughs> Uh, Rupert Murdoch. If you don't know him, Google him. We're not going to talk See, about him. See, the thread from Melania to Wendy, like, clear. I know, these ladies. Clear. So she, like, marries this evil potato. Yeah. And then... The skin sack. Yeah. They're, like, married for, like, ten years. But she's, like, really loyal, right? Because when you marry something like this with a lot of money, you got to do a lot of dirty work. So she's, like, on this. They have kids. The kids are super cute. Love the kids. You know, and then Rupert Murdoch gets caught in this, like... <laughs> You know, she's just, this is the inquest for um, when Rupert Murdoch was caught in the um, wiretapping situation. Phone hacking. Phone yeah. hacking. British people invented phone hacking. We just <laughs> took all of their bad, uh, <laughs> their bad behavior here. But so she's like standing behind her husband, right? She's so mad. And she's like, I can't believe they're making us do this. We have so much can't money. Can't believe we have to go to court. We um, should be on a yacht. And then like serious incident happens, right? Somebody tries to like pie her husband. Like... And she's not having it, so she literally fights the person. Let's off. go to the tape. Look at this shit. You see her in the pink? The leap? Would, would you do that for Rupert Murdoch? I would not do that for Rupert Murdoch. But here's the thing she does this thing for him, the internet celebrates her, we're mm-hmm. all on the same page, and then he, le- like, they divorce. Mm. But, and it's like kind of unclear why the divorce happens, and the internet has many theories. One of them is that. Um, <laughs> Uh, British warmonger Tony Blair is who breaks them up. Um, husband of Sherry Blair of the Sherry Blair Foundation. Right. Sherry Blair's husband. She's the relevant. She's the up. relevant Blair in this scenario. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's really unclear, right? It's like, did these two like did something happen? We don't know. But the pictures are fabulous. There was a rumored weekend tryst. Yeah, and then like really awful mash notes on Vanity oh, Fair. Oh God, look it, it up yourself. Yeah, but also you know, it's, I'm just like all these rich people. Is this like is this what you do all the time? Go to these like terrible dinners with like awful people, probably. But now she's just like on a problematic man streak. She is. So this is her problematic man man streak, right? From this is all alleged. Oops, sorry. This is all alleged like man streak. One, Sergey Brin, co-founder of a small company called Google. Um, they make paper products, but. <laughs> It's, like, really unclear what happened here, but, you know, they're just, like, they hang. They're friends. Sure. Uh, next person is this also awful person, Eric Schmidt, also a Googler. Probably something did happen here, according to Vanity Fair. Again, Daily Mail, etc. Single source reporting. <laughs> I only tell the truth on this podcast. Um, we don't know. But, you know, I'm just, like, why are you... You're so beautiful. You're so smart. Why? 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 But these people... She this, also has this young hottie. This hottie. We... We don't remember his name, but he's, like, very hot. He's, like, super hot. This is the person she should be with. They go to Fashion Week he's together. He's got the jawline. Yeah, you yeah. know, but he probably doesn't make as much money as those awful other people that she's into. So that's, you know, like, that's Wendy's drama. And then who else? Which brings us to Wendy's current romance with Emperor of Russia, Vladimir Putin. 
Ugh. And tell us your feelings about Vlad. Listen, I mean, the the Google image search for sh- shirtless Putin, I can't even say it, I'm so flustered. Um, it's really important. I mean, I feel like it's important. Do you important. think he's hot? Well, I think it's important, like, on a gay theory level. Like, I think it's sort of like, like you know, like, masculinity studies. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't mean to get too academic about it because there's also, like, shirtless horse whispering and also just, like, that, what is that horse decked out in? Like, not to go back to the ear cuff, but is this also this a thing that's very happening? Ho- it's like, very homoerotic. Very I'm really erotic, into it. Right? I'm really into it. So maybe she did the same Google image search is what I'm saying. And then, you know, we also have the descending into the water like a Bond villain. <laughs> it's too good. I I look at this photo when I'm having a bad day sometimes. <laughs> um, canoodling with dolphins? This is not Photoshop. Yeah, this is not Photoshop. This is real. This is... Okay. So. So it's like Wendy is maybe dating this guy, right? And the problem with this guy is that he's kind of meddling into our election right now. <laughs> and we can't figure out how he's getting all the information. It's like who, you know, like... <laughs> It's probably hacking, but it's probably not hacking. It's probably Wendy, because guess what? Wendy is BFF with Ivanka! Whole thing fits together. Ivanka and Wendy, besties. This is in Croatia or one of those, like, whatever, like, cheaper European countries. Who knows? And they, like, hang all the time. This this is terrifying to me. I want to know what the story is with these two, but so this, you know, this is Ivanka's Instagram. She's just like... Russian hacking scandal. Check me out in Wendy. Smoking gun. But, like, how good does Wendy look here? Uh, Wendy, like, and mean, also, like, Wendy looks amazing. You know, part of the reason, too, I think that we're generally into Wendy is that it's really exciting when your, like, anti-heroes are not just white men. Like, I love this. I love like, a lady villain, you like know? Like, a lady like, villain, yeah. and then, you know, like, an ethnic lady villain. Mm. I'm down for this. So, yeah. we'll check back in with Wendy so, yeah, soon. Like, thanks for helping us pilot. What's up with Wendy? What's Wendy up to? What's Wendy up to? What? Right? Yeah. What? <laughs> What? What's Wendy up to? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's so perfect. That's it. Perfect. That's it. That's, That's the it. news. is an actor who plays tough cop Rosa Diaz on Fox's Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which will be returning with new episodes in September. She also just shot the gripping feature film In the Light of the Moon in New York while on hiatus from the show. Her bestie, Courtney Kosak, is a writer for Amazon's animated comedy Danger and Eggs and the co-creator of Writing F. Yeah, an Instagram account come Etsy store dedicated to funny misquotes of famous authors. They are best friends, as well as co-hosts of Reality Bites, a new talk show about sex and dating in the digital age, coming to both YouTube and iTunes in September. And they are with us tonight. Welcome, Steph Beatriz and Courtney Kosak. Hi. Hi. How do you two know each other? How did we meet, Courtney? 
We met through a mutual friend. Steph had just moved to town. Yeah. She'd been at Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Yes. Yeah. Doing some Shakespeare. <laughs> Shout out Shakespeare. Yeah, I needed some friends. I was very lonely. <laughs> very lonely. I was very afraid of so moving she, here. So she spotted a mutual friend mm-hmm. on the street. We went to the same college. Literally spotted her on the street and then like hit her up on Facebook and was like, what are you doing? Can I be your friend? Can I hang out? Um, and then uh, Courtney. We met at your pyramid scheme party. Oh Do you remember God. this? Wait, stop. Back up. Yes. Wait, Back wait, wait, wait. up. I yes. forgot about what, this. What is a pyramid scheme party? Because here's the problem. I'm so nice. It was like Arbonne or something. <laughs> basically, basically like Tupperware, except like you go Beauty. to the party and then she's like, hey, but also you could really like change your life and be your own what? boss if you work for me. And you hosted Arbonne. one of these? Yeah, What's I mean, the I wasn't she selling needed the friends. product. She I needed, needed friends. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I had okay. like a whole spread. I throw a good party. I throw a she, good party. It was a great party, but this girl literally showed us an image of a pyramid. Le- legitimately <laughs> a pyramid. I was legitimately, like, I was like, what am I, and my life choices are leading me down the wrong path right now. <laughs> Except it led me to you. Yeah. yeah. So, and then it was Fast and Furious after that. Yeah. We, we went to Sedona, super yeah. romantic. Ooh. And then yeah. it was just like on. Are you yep. still friends with the mutual friends? She moved away. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> She, she away. left us. Oh, okay. Cold, cold-blooded. We are going to be fine. Okay, well, and so fine that you now have this talk show, yes. podcast, also video thing? What is it? Tell us about this. It started as a podcast. Mostly it's dating. Mostly it's real. dating. It's dating. How's dating going? It's awful. Oh, my God, so good. <laughs> it's really bad. It's. I just got out of an eight-year relationship. Oh. Yes. How's that going? I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Like, it's... Uh, I mean, you it front, was... girl. You keep fronting, okay? It, 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 it was necessary, but I think it's very, it's very difficult to leave something that you've been in for a long time. I mean, I'm sure many of you in the audience are feeling that right now. Like, do I stay? Do it's I... Okay. Is this okay? Am I happy? That's the real question is, like, am I happy with what is going on? And I think a lot of times you don't really realize that you've even, like sloughed off parts of yourself to sort of fit mm. into a mold of somebody mm. else that's crazy what someone else Dark wants humor. you know like yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's it it is sort of like very jarring to sort of sit back and look at yourself and go I'm I'm not happy I'm not the person that I set out to try to be I have to let go of this person who I actually might love to become a better version of myself also sometimes boy you, bye boy bye <laughs> yeah sometimes you love someone and you're like Mm, compatibility is like oh, yeah. there's some stuff in there that's like you're eighty you're eighty percent soulmates, but it's like eighty mm-hmm. percent yeah. soulmates. soulmates. That's like Come an amazing on. wedding toast. These people are eighty percent soulmates. It's not that romantic. Good luck to yeah. them. We totally. hope they have many children. It's, it's like maybe percentage. if you're like sixty-five, eighty percent's great, but like sh- she's not. <laughs> what apps do you use? Raya. Oh, oh, I want to hear all about this. Raya is basically <laughs> Tinder, but it's a little more vetted and you have to pay for the service. So you How much do you pay? I think it's like seventy ninety nine a month or something. What? Yes. Wait, seven. But it's like it's for seven. No, seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Sorry. Sorry, no. Fifteen dollar juice, eight dollar love life. No. But don't you have to be pretty and famous? I mean I think you have to have a certain amount of Instagram it's followers Instagram. or something. <laughs> okay. You, you, yeah. I, also, it's a hustle. There's a lot of models. It's like, it's very distressing. Who's on There's it? a lot of pictures like, of butts. Yeah, tell us who's on Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. <laughs> 
Matthew Perry, you guys. Matthew Perry is on Patrick it. Patrick Schwarzenegger. Patrick Schwarzenegger. Um, Ruby Rose, who I've not matched with. Oh. But I would enjoy no, that very much. She has a new girlfriend, I think, right? No. Oh, sorry. Oh, Wait, are you that. open to dating ladies? I am open to dating oh. ladies. Yes, I am. Um, I actually am so open to dating ladies that I forgot that I was not like publicly out. <laughs> and I retweeted something that was like Aubrey Plaza in a in an interview was like, yeah, I love ladies and they love me. And I was like, yep. And then like my Twitter was like, blah, <laughs> exploded. Was this before or after Ghostbusters? It was a, a slightly after because I was tweeting all a bunch of stuff about Kate McKinnon. I was like, Kate McKinnon, everyone go home. We Kate McKinnon's to, my wife. We went to Ghostbusters and I, I think was, like jumping she out of my seat. that she was like a little gay. She was like, oh, oh my, Kate McKinnon. I mean, I didn't remember. It's just like, no, look at no, Kate McKinnon. She's like, fucking Jesus. Inspiring. Inspiring. All of the whole row of, we, there were eight of us that went and our entire row, like that action scene when she comes out with the guns. You guys have Most seen it. I hope you've seen the it. Lick, I hope the you're the lick. The lick, lick. everything. Thing. The lid. Yeah, I'm not gonna try to do it. No, it was so. <laughs> no one can read. No, no. So. Court, what are you looking for? Just somebody who likes oh, me God. back. It's really low. It's just <laughs> the Courtney standards is are low. S to the, the T to the R. You've given up. You've given up. This is a like the timing of the show is great because Monday, literally Monday, I begged a man. I begged a man on the phone to be in a relationship with me. And then I got a cell phone ticket. Well, I was still on the phone with this guy. And I did not let him off the phone. Didn't hang up the phone with the police officer on Melrose. (laughs) They're so sneaky. I was going, and it took me legit like three minutes to be like, no, that was the self-esteem police. And you need to get off the phone with this guy. And you need to pick yourself up off the ground. We're going to pray for you. Light a candle. Light a candle. Self-esteem police. Because I feel like sometimes you can be like, I need to call in a report. I know. I should have called in myself. Yes. Okay. Like, so. F, what's the um, what's the movie that you shot? The movie is very topical. Here we go. We're gonna get dark. You guys ready? Um, so we all know the Stanford rape case, right? Um, so that letter that she wrote. This movie is basically that letter. So most movies about rape are sort of looked at from like a political lens, or they're sort of like looked at through the judicial system. But I've never seen a movie, or they're looked at as like a revenge fantasy. Like a lot of times it's a revenge fantasy where she like goes and finds the guy and like, you know, murders him or whatever, which is not the reality. The reality is this happens all the time to women and they're left trying to put together the pieces of who they were in their lives. And so this movie, Light of the Moon, um, it's about this young woman who lives in Brooklyn and she's got this boyfriend that's like, well, he's kind of questionable, like maybe he's not right for her. Um, she's got a good job, got great friends. She goes out one night and is drinking, and she gets raped, violently raped. And so, whoa, there's an alarm going off. Know, wow. wow. Someone has, like, a rape trigger, like, an alarm. Wow. Yeah, is that the birth control alarm? Oh, like, snap. what are you waking up for at this time? <laughs> <laughs> you would have missed it, okay? Because yep. we're in the middle. <laughs> so, so the movie is sort of about what it's like for the survivor slash victim like what it's like to sort of put your life back together after that do you tell people do you tell your friends how do you have sex with your boyfriend after that how are you a whole person how do you come back to a version of yourself that you feel okay about I feel like it tackles it in the same way I'm like blanking on the name of that movie but that abortion movie from 
a couple years ago. Oh, Obvious Child. Obvious Jenny Child. Slate. It, like, right? It, like, it humanizes it. I mean, it's not it as funny it. as that. No, no, no. Totally. But, like, it humanizes it in the same way yeah. that I feel like it's not, the content's not normally dealt with in that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. I feel like we make more stuff like that. Yeah. We'll be on the lookout for it. Please do. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh my God. Thank you for being here. This was great. FYI, part of why we started the podcast because we were we realized that like we were not passing the Bechtel test in most of our life, (laughs) and you guys pass it hardcore. Thank you. It is so inspiring to listen to you all the time and think like, right, I'm so much more than this little part of myself. Right. When we get all these other things, you guys are like on our altar, and we're like, yes, that's where we want to go. Like those two. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of the many throwback things about our podcast. I know. I forget we have a voicemail box. We forget to check it a lot. (laughs) Um, But listeners sometimes leave us questions, and we decided that we would listen and answer one of them tonight. Hi there. This is Essie from Madison, Wisconsin. I've been thinking a lot about intergenerational friendship between women, and I was wondering if you had anything to say about that. And I'm a 23-year-old, and in the past few weeks, I've met some really awesome older women that I'd like to befriend. And I want to know how to do it, and I'm a little bit scared because I worry that they think I'm too young and not really worth their time. So if you ever have a chance to talk about that on the podcast, that would be awesome. Thank you. I know, right? I mean... Making friends insecurities are real at every age. I know, but like intergenerational making friend insecurities are, wow, that's like a lot. This question was really interesting to us because I think it cuts a lot to what we are trying to make. I think that we are both really lucky and that we have awesome women of every age in our lives that we consider friends. Some of them are even in the audience tonight, so thank you for hey, coming. Hey, multi-generational friends. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but I... I don't know, it's like this que- This question was, yeah, it was really, on one hand, it was also like hard to listen to, like this woman say like, I'm 23 and I'm not, you know, like I don't feel awesome enough and I think I'm too young or whatever. And I think, you know, I, I really want her to like shed that baggage because I think that one of the richnesses of, especially like having intergenerational friendships with women is that you become really inspired by their confidence and by the wisdom that they have you can kind of, at least for me, you know, like see yourself there and say, oh my God, it's like every day you shed like more fucks. And you're like, there are no more fucks left to give. Molting, molting fucks, yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I think that it's also, you know, it's a really important feminist tenet is to not just look at, you know, like your squad, really build bonds across generations. I don't know, what do you think, Anne? Yeah, there's definitely something where you... There are socially coded ways that you are supposed to feel about women who are maybe younger or maybe older than you are that do not line up with reality. And <laughs> I definitely want younger women to think I'm cool. I found out that like a 22-year-old said I was cool recently, and I was like, oh my god, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> it was like accepting an award, an invisible award. Um, but this idea of you are, because you're supposed to be ashamed to be aging as a woman, that you are in a different place or somehow pitted against women 
who are younger than you. I don't know. Like, female friendship that crosses generational barriers can diffuse that. I, feel. I know. I think spiritually, I feel 63. I've like always been really attracted. To I didn't know ladies. that. No, it's true. It's like the age I want to be. I'm like, I'm so, I'm so ready. I'm so ready for. Wait, who is 63 right now? Who's 63 right now? Do you know? know? I don't know. It's like what Hills is like 70s. Yeah, older. Um, Meryl is probably 60s, right? Mm, don't know. Angela Bassett is like very late 50s. She's like almost <laughs> perpetually very yeah, late no, 50s. I'm just like she's <laughs> like. Cecily Tyson is 94, and I look at her and I'm like, oh my god, you look amazing. That's, right. uh, that's what I want to look like. I don't know, you know, I think, I think that you're right. Like, this question about aging and, and feeling shame about it, and, and also, you know, like, just not, I don't know, young people are assholes. Like, we're all assholes. You just don't make, you don't make room for other people in your life, and you don't make room for wisdom. And there's, I don't know, I just, I want more kindness. <laughs> I like that. Sorry, I know I was like, let the slow clap build. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. If there are older ladies in your life that you admire, like, you should tell them. You should tell them, and you should, you know, like, not be a jerk about it. And, I don't know, like, make room for them in your you life. You should also drink with them. I mean, I feel like yes. there is something about the, the one-on-one relationship that can happen when, I think a lot of people meet women who are older than they are at work. Or maybe in settings where it's a little weird to be like, can we hang out? Taking it to the realm of the, no, I actually want to be your friend in a deliberate way. It's yeah, not right. Now I'm just like, we need a guide for like, how do you seduce like the older ladies at your office <laughs> and just become their friends? I feel like imp- like good fashion decisions is also like a part of this. They it's always true. look great. They always look great. Yeah, I mean, the answer is try. I think the answer to her is just try. Yeah, it's try. And don't make assumptions. Like, you honestly, like, all of your assumptions are based on, like, garbage society standards that don't line up with reality. So just try. Right, and that older woman probably actually wants to be your friend. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's true. Okay. Great note to end on. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We have so many thank yous. This is going to be like a church It's going to be like the Academy Awards. I know. But it's going to be... All, okay, so... I want to thank God. <laughs> I don't want to thank God. I want to thank science. <laughs> okay, you can find us on iTunes and many other places online. We are called YRGF on Gmail, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. You have Google. Check out our brand new web shop at callyourgirlfriend.com. We have lots of cute merch. Special thanks to our guests, Steph Beatrice, Courtney Kosak, everybody of the ACE team, especially DJ Stacey Wood. Um, Hashtag sponsored, our wine sponsor, Club W. You can sign up for their monthly wine delivery service at clubw.com slash CYG. The thank you list continues. Okay, our merch maven, Caroline Knowles, who's not here, love you. Local merch boy, William Lynn, love you. Paparazzo, Jorge Rivas. Our lawyer, Quinn Harati. Kanisha Sneed for making us look so good. Ja- uh, Jackie Boltick, our newsletter guru. So many people. So many people. Happy birthday, Phil Bailey. Happy birthday, Phil. Phil. Yeah. Um, and this podcast is produced by Gina Delva. Gina D. Get here. <laughs> See you on the internet.